0: You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogue, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman.
1: And I'm super excited to be here because uh, to honor our Infinity Wars episode, which is the episode that you now have clicked and listened to, um, we are doing a massive crossover with another number of other podcasts. I mean, we're bringing on uh, we're bringing on uh, the NPR host from Serial. We're bringing in Mark Maron. We're bringing in uh, uh, Scott Ackerman. We're bringing in the guys from Doughboys. I mean, I Pokes is handling all that stuff, so I'm not sure if we got everybody, oh. but we'll we'll see who we got. Um, wait, Pokes, wait. Who, who, do we, who who we got on the line here? Pokes,
0: I think I might have misread that email. I thought you were getting them. I...
1: Pokes, can we, can we take it aside during this podcast, real quick? Yeah, sure. Just come over here. Just... Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This was a big one, Pokes. This was a big one. I don't want to chew you out on uh, on fucking air, and I could press pause, but I want to let you know that I'm not pressing pause because I'm I mean, going to edit the episode. Well, all right. Well, uh, let's go back. Let's go back into the studio. Okay. Right. <clears throat> right, well, so slight change of plan. Uh, instead of a crossover mega episode that would undoubtedly take us to the number one charts on iTunes, I'm pitching that we just sort of um. Recount uh, the adaptation of this film as best as we can with uh, interceding humor. What do you think? Is it good enough for an episode? How about you recount it with hum- humor <laughs> and I just <laughs> nod that no one can tell because it's a podcast? Well, that'll do it for me. So, uh, we, of course, are uh, doing this whole intro setup to get you on the same page as us as having seen Marvel's The Avengers Infinity War. Now, In I will of- say this. I did actually have two guests lined up, but they
0: disappeared when I got to the studio. Fuck. That's a joke that you only get if you saw the movie, <laughs> and it won't be funny. This is this movie here, this podcast will of course have all the spoilers from the from Avenity Wars. So if you've not seen it, I would not listen to this podcast <laughs> until you have seen it or unless you don't care if it's ruined for you.
1: It could be a fun challenge to see how far uh, how long of an episode we can make without doing spoilers. I mean, that could be
0: you know, I mean, I think it would be impossible yeah. because we literally a had to cool talk about them. movie. <laughs> uh, remember that one scene where those characters were talking and it was humorous?
1: But, uh, yeah, Infinity Wars came out. It's got a uh, pretty solid critical review. Um, the important review, which is uh, a.k.a. Uh, that fucking box office green, is doing fine. I think we talked about it in the minisode, so we won't really recount it here, but Marvel Infinity War had the largest opening weekend of, like, what, all movies, I think? Of, of all time in the United States. And <laughs> yeah. And it
0: it's currently almost at half a billion dollars in what will be its third week out. And it's already grossed uh, $1.25 billion worldwide.
1: And that is something else. And and to think that, that putting together a movie with this cast that stuck the landing, in a way... I mean, there was a wobble, maybe with an ankle or two. And maybe a couple of the flips weren't um, regulation, but I mean, all told, I think even the most critical people I've encountered um, are at least uh, upbeat about the movie. Uh, I have not encountered anyone so far in my day-to-day life, or anyone uh, online, excluding comment sections that I avoid, that uh, hated it, so I think that's that's fucking yes, hard to do in
0: a shocking turn of events even i thoroughly enjoyed it so you know it's <laughs> gotta be pretty good i mean i nitpick a little don't worry but it was hard with this one to find really but, things but, to complain about
1: seriously like like wind back the clock to like i don't know like 2000 2008 or something like about 10 years and and, and tell yourself that there's gonna be a movie that comes out it's got Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, Captain America, Black Widow, War Machine, Doctor Strange, Spider Man, Black Panther, Gamora, Nebula, Loki, Vision, Scarlet Witch, Falcon, Winter Soldier, and then uh, an assorted members of uh, of of Asgard and and Earth and and Star Lord. I think I skipped, but no, all really of that low in the cast list for some reason. All of that in being wrapped up in one movie that, while perhaps a little uh, oddly paced at times, perhaps a little truncated here or there. Uh, oh, did I forget um did I forget that uh that that, that Forge man? <laughs> uh <laughs> the Starforge st-
0: Sorry, that was a weird a, one. A sight so- gag that did not work at all. No one <laughs> well, even chuckled when I saw it in a completely full theater.
1: Well we will get to that, because uh, I had the option.
0: What what is what is sort of shocking is um when you look back when they did the first Avengers it was like such a huge deal that you were like oh my god they took the three characters from these huge movies you know (laughs) and really like robert downey jr was like a huge star at the time but they were all becoming stars because of these movies and it was like such a huge deal to be like can you believe they took three separate movies and put those characters in one new movie that's so cool they don't do you know that's like really old old movies would do that sort of thing you know maybe like a buck rogers or something but like you don't see that and it that at the time you're like this is so amazing I can't believe they did that and then you cut to this and you're just like wow Avengers One was real lame like, <laughs> compared to like when you think about like all of these people now are like superstars because of these films if not from other things they're box out they're huge and they managed to take like 30 characters and almost pretty seamlessly in a lot of ways intertwine all of them into like one story that that works. And there's no there's no one scene where you just like like where it feels like they're forcing people to be together. You know what I mean? Like it's all kind of organic to the story that everyone ends up in one place and how they all meet. I, which the, that was the part I was most impressed with. Yeah, for sure, there was just gonna be a scene where they were just like, "Well, we gotta go get Vision and blah 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 from their house." You know, you just be like, "Ugh, this is I mean, terrible."
1: You think about the complaints people had about how Justice League started to try and like paint the picture of those characters coming together with like. Uh, some of the preceding movies were like, hey, we got this email attachment containing all the characters that will be in the Justice League. Like, that's like, a yeah. super awkward way to handle it. Uh, yeah, but you're right. In this way, they, they parse them off into distinct little groupings, and they slowly merge them into, um, a, a, almost into a, a complete united front by the end. Um, I will say that the, the, the fault here, and it's, uh, it's expected that it would happen, is that the challenge here is, to me, <laughs> watching it, and this is because I run two of these, but... Like a dungeon master, I would I would having this many players, if you would call them that your your intent when having this many people in the mix is to try and give everyone a moment right like a scene or yeah. a piece of a scene where they felt they they were they played to their character they did something notable that people will remember that is hard to do and not everyone gets one in fact some people are really on the peripheral
0: yeah and some some of the characters that are in the peripheral were very confusing to me to be Mm -hmm. like like because there's a lot of screen time dedicated to a couple of characters that i was just like why like there's a there's a lot of bruce banner in this movie and i don't
1: get why well let's stop being quite so vague and 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 jump into it um one thing and i saw a lot of people talk about this before i saw the film is that the infinity war did the absolute right fucking thing which said have you seen any of these movies before no get the fuck out yes that was something that i did love was
0: they were just like you if you have not seen the other movies you're dick all out of luck like if you don't have at least a general idea of what the premise is that there's these stones and they have magic powers and these guys are all superheroes. You would be like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who this purple guy is. I don't know who any, like, cause it's like every character that's been in these movies, as long as they're still alive is like appearing in this film. Like all the Asgardians that are left alive at the end of Thor Ragnarok are, but even if, in this movie,
1: <laughs> even if you were contextually aware of who these characters are roughly from just pop culture with all of them being in their own movies and having a lot of hype. Um, You'd be challenged to understand what the fuck was going on in the first five minutes when we pick up right at the tail end of Thor Ragnarok, where we deal with... 40
0: minutes, like a 40-minute gap from the end of Thor Ragnarok to the start of
1: this movie. Which I said, which, which I was talking to Pogues about before we recorded, was surprisingly coincidental for me, because without even actually thinking about it, or having any way of knowing, I watched Thor Ragnarok the night before, like, within six hours of seeing the film, I would watch Thor Ragnarok, which was a perfect, which felt very good to me it was a a beautiful transition for me for others who probably saw it when i came out uh in theaters only it might be a little a, a, a moment or two of hesitation to be like sorry we're oh right the escape yeah okay um which really paints the end of
0: thor ragnarok where you're just like they made it just kidding they lasted 48 minutes
1: yeah, like, it's,
0: they it's, they live so little that you're just like it probably would have been better if you let them be incinerated on Asgard <laughs> than to have saved them to be murdered by a mad Titan.
1: It's pretty rough, especially considering that you've now. What I thought was super interesting is that a lot of pop culture, especially science fiction, always talk about hi, I'm the hero. I'm a character from this former civilization that was so great, and now. Uh, I'm the only one left. That's like a con- like a Doctor Who is like that. Like, it's always like, we're, I'm, I'm an old Time Lord, and there's no more Time Lords left. I'm like, well, you guys are so great. Why are there no more left? Especially well, when
0: you're literally called a Time Lord, which feels like yeah, right. you mastered time.
1: <laughs> well, what's interesting is, and I couldn't stop thinking of this during the sequence, is we witnessed that essentially happen. All of Asgard is basically wiped out. I mean, there the, the remnants of that ship was just about... Well, I assume, though, that
0: the ship had the same thing done to it That Thanos does everywhere. Right. Now, Uh, what happened to the other half of those people? I have no clue. But I assume he only killed half of them.
1: But it essentially puts... There were not that many left. So it essentially puts Thor and Loki as... And then eventually just Thor as... Well, well, in quotes, of course. All these deaths are in quotes. Because, you know, it's comic books. But it puts Thor as one of the last remaining uh, uh, ancestors of this like race of people. Which was like... Fucking brutal to, to 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 approve in this script plot and i'm so crazy about it it's so, yeah it's i was awesome. surprised
0: uh, <laughs> i was surprised that they like i said this has spoilers so now's a great time that if you haven't seen it you're probably gonna need to turn it off but i could not believe that they killed heimdale and loki especially loki that quick like i was right. shocked that they killed loki in the first like 15 minutes like heimdale i was like come on guys you couldn't let the first person die be white like just come on <laughs> but and it was like i also was like it was just like come on man you had to kill Heimdall. the guys had a rough go he's not having good luck in thor ragnarok like it could, let him have had like a dignified death or something but it's when they killed loki i was like oh shit like i knew they were going to kill off some characters but i thought for a second when loki was doing like he kind of does a turn where he's like i'll go to earth and i'll show you where these stones are i was like if they make this motherfucker switch sides again and he's evil i'm just gonna get up and leave like i'm so tired of seeing this in every movie loki's in but that's kind of good turns evil kind of good turns out evil and this time though they changed it and he was just gonna be good and he dies for it which i was like it's a real bummer of a message for him
1: (laughs) honestly to me it was fantastic because it's that nine lives thing because yeah I thought the same thing. He goes, Oh, here we go. Loki's switching sides. Been here before. And I, I even, I think, right before he was killed, had the thought in my head how many times are villains just going to let him do this?
0: Yeah, and, then, when he and then he was murdered. The- and yeah. then he was murdered.
1: And I'm like, Oh, it's that many times. <laughs> like, well, I answered that question. What
0: I appreciated was, though, is that it wasn't just like he was like, I can help, and Thanos is like, No, and breaks his neck. He is actually getting ready to do the right thing. He's trying to save Thor, he's trying to kill thanos because he yes. knows what's coming and i was like oh my god they finally made him a character that i would be like now i'm interested in him because i'm not interested in loki because he's just such a like cookie cutter villain oh he's a good guy just kidding he's a bad guy he's a good guy you know it's like con- the constant redoing of that vague storyline is so annoying that he- i find him really unenjoyable to watch he and doesn't like, finally you do something yeah he finally kind of evolves and i'm like oh and then they immediately killed him but i was like you know what i like it yeah, because one I didn't. I don't really care for his character, but I was like, it's it kind of interesting that he finally does the right thing, yeah. knowing very much that it's probably going to cost him his life,
1: and he still it, tries to do it. It also tells you, the audience member, that this movie has stakes. Now, again, I understand stakes and quotes. <laughs> you know, it's Loki. He's a master of trickery. It's a. It's a comic book movie. There's a time gem here. Um, there's a chance that Loki's not dead. Dead, but it does tell you within the narrative of the movie that we're not taking prisoners like, yes this, this is, is going not going to be... Gonna be an avengers one yes where, where you know there be.
0: is no real stakes because you're like they're not going to kill the avengers and they're not going to let all of new york city be destroyed
1: yeah that i thought was a great note to start on but i do have one question before we leave this scene which we have to because there are a lot of scenes to cover um, is korg okay uh, he is
0: suspiciously not even seen as a corpse, I noticed.
1: which I I'm very concerned. I'm extremely concerned because I need my Korg spinoff movie ASAP. Uh, so
0: we'll have to see. I hope he's dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say that they're supposedly in an interview um, in, like, a bizarre location where, like... Um, one of the Russo brothers was at, like, a high school in, like, Iowa, and they were doing a Q&A, and a bunch of kids were asking him questions about Infinity Wars, and he actually opened up about a few things. And he said that he, they were like, you know, will it just be like, are they going to instantly fix what happened? And he said, oh, you need to know that just because, like, they, they'll they have, the, you know, there's Infinity Stones, doesn't mean the universe is going to be the same. He said, like, it, it's never going to go back to the way it was. And he was like, don't expect that people people who died will be back he said you know it's for the best mm. that you don't expect that so he could just be saying that you know to kind of build it up but i i still have a theory for what will happen in the next movie but we don't need to get into that let's go yeah and it, keep...
1: it's, it's it's very possible but um as we move on uh we use sort of thor uh, hulk being the strange occupant of the um of the uh, bifrost it's the bifrost Uh, from Heimdall seem to be attempt to rescue everyone but he seems to just accidentally swallow up the Hulk which was an odd way I think that the
0: idea is is that Thor wants him to send the Hulk to Earth. He doesn't want to go because I think he still thinks he can stop him or something or he knows they would stop him but he knows that nobody's paying attention to the Hulk because the Hulk's currently been beat. So I think his plan is like you have to send the Hulk back so he can tell them what's going on and I'm gonna try to still stop things because i'm that's my that's my jam' I'm like, I'm like the hero, and so I think it's on purpose and it's a rough break because I'm like Heintel, you couldn't have sent yourself to like <laughs> the two of you couldn't have gone you could' have lived man uh, but he like instantly dies and then what's crazy is that's the last we see of the Hulk in a two hour and thirty five minute movie he yeah never comes back
1: the the Hulk transition into the next scene and the fact that the Hulk is done are two i I found confusing elements um that's what
0: gets me the most about the Hulk thing. The Hulk never comes back, and repeatedly banners like "Come on, Hulk, you gotta come out," and the Hulk says no. But they never address why, and so the it just ends with you being like, "I don't understand why important. the Hulk wouldn't help." Like, and because of not addressing it, it's like so jarring. You're just like, "I don't understand." Did they run out of but like they were like, "We can't afford to render the Hulk and Thanos. That's a lot of
1: CPUs." <laughs> Yeah, it definitely gives you the setup as if they're obviously going to give you some indication of what's going on. Is it because the Hulk like fa- finally found his home back in Sakaria where he was like a, a gladiator and respected and, and wasn't just some-, some weird pariah that had to like get pr- in jail every time he saved the world? I don't know. Um, I- 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 I'm very curious as to why. I thought that might be a reason. I thought there could be other reasons. But yeah, the, the movie doesn't give you anything. Although, I don't remember when this scene happens, um, now that I'm talking about it but it must it must be here. But um watching Thor try to do the sunsetting thing was pretty fucking funny. The sunsetting thing? Is that right, is that right, is it, am I getting the right the right scene? Doesn't he doesn't he uh try to um coax 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 uh, Hulk down at some point? Oh
0: no. No, I don't think that happens in this movie. Wait, where am I getting that from? I think it happens in Avengers too.
1: Oh I think it happens in Thor Ragnarok, actually. Oh yeah, you're uh, right.
0: It is Thor Ragnarok,
1: which right? I watched beforehand, and I think I'm just realizing now I jumbled in my head. Yeah, sorry. Scratch that. That's from a different episode. Um, but the, the, the Hulk is uses this transition to New York City, where we get eventually together. Um, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, uh, his associate, who I forget, uh, oh. and yeah, yeah, and um, just
0: think of what's like the like the top five most stereotypical names for a Chinese man. <laughs> sure, and sure. You'll get it.
1: <laughs> And uh, Spidey and, uh, of course, uh, Bruce Banner, who will not become the Hulk again, um, this forms sort of Group B uh, so far, uh, con- you know, chronologically throughout the film, uh, which we can refer to them as for the sake of coordination. Um, and Group B uh, is given a scene to sort of uh, herald the coming danger, set up the climax uh, or set up the conflict of the, of the film. As well as get some uh good uh some good ribbing in, and then putting together uh the outdoor sort of spaceship uh fight scene. Yeah, and the first
0: interactions with Doctor Strange and Tony Stark are pretty great. Uh, they had they allude to how Bruce Banner has no idea what's happened on Earth because he left, so he has no idea that the Avengers. They say Tony tells him he's like the Avengers broke up. He's like, what do you mean like a band like the Beatles? And um, he kind of explains that he can't call Captain America. But there's a, there's a little interesting thing that I kind of I like this idea is Tony Stark is out walking around with Pepper Potts. And he's talking to her. They're engaged. They're going to get married. He's talking about having a kid. Dr. Strange shows up. So they're talking about the problem. And they're like, well, we need to find the vision. And he's like, nobody knows where he is. And he's like, Rogers might be able to find him. And he, he's talking about how he won't call him. But he's like, fine, I'll call him. And he pulls out the phone. Which is like a nice little bit because you realize if you think about it, he was just out for like a a normal day walk. But he's constantly carrying the phone so he can call Captain America. And I thought that was like kind of an interesting little thing to be like, yeah, it's oh, kind of cute. He carries the one way he could contact Captain America to try to like patch things up and say he's sorry. And do. he carries it with him everywhere he goes, even when he was just like out for a walk with his wife. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a neat little thing they threw in that kind of tells a whole lot without saying a whole lot which I thought was really kind of cool you know like without being like really like a lot of dialogue heavy you get the idea that you're like oh that's awesome that they he's still having a hard time dealing with it so I thought that was a cool interaction him and Benedict Cumberbatch are pretty funny together
1: yeah, I mean, do, do you think anyone in this scene uh, uh, struggled at all? I mean, it's a lot of people doing... I mean, you got Spider-Man, who's known for jokes. you got Iron Man, who's become known for jokes because of who plays him. Yeah. You have do- Doctor Strange, who isn't necessarily the joke guy, but he certainly was in Thor Ragnarok when he when he appeared basically only for a bit sequence. Yes, um, two much uh, bits, if you ask me. <laughs> possibly. But those are all sort of playing a game together uh, uh, in terms of dialogue. And I don't recall any failing, but here's my problem. I can't recall any of the jokes either.
0: Yeah. There's a joke where Dr. Strange calls him a douchebag, but yeah, there's not a lot of dialogue in it. It's great. This is the start though, of something that confused me in this movie, which is like a holdover. The only like real holdover kind of from the comedy of Thor Ragnarok is Bruce Banner has just become comedy, comedy relief, but it, doesn't make any sense why he's comedy relief like also, there's no explicit like in thor ragnarok you just accept it you're just like ha yeah. ha, ha ha he's funny because everybody's funny In this well, one no, no, you're no, like no, hold i on. don't get why he's funny
1: it makes sense again it makes sense in thor ragnarok because he is the fish out of water i mean i guess so is thor but that's the classic comedy beat is you take a character who is unfamiliar with the setting and then you put them in the setting and you watch them flounder and that's the comedy and so him being comic relief and that makes sense he doesn't understand the customs the world the technology anything but when he's back on Earth, he said she should be Earth's greatest scientist or or top three yeah, at least. Like if you
0: watch like the first two movies, Banner's portrayed as being like super stoic and serious. He doesn't have like one liners like everybody else. And then all of a sudden now he's just like all one liners. And I gotta say, like that to me was like probably the weakest link in the movie, mm-hmm. is I'm just like, I don't want these comedy beats and there's so much banner and I don't care. Like, I don't understand why they were like you know who needs a lot of screen time? A character we wrote out of like four movies even being referenced because nobody cared. And now all of a sudden we're like, people kind of liked him in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, Rock. you're right. It's I also, so
1: weird. I, I think I agree with you on, on the banner quotient in retrospect. But I don't think during the movie I ever felt that way necessarily. You I did I mean? during the... Because I was like confused because there's... A surprisingly small amount of Captain America in the movie, I thought. Yeah, that, I mean, if we were to put the... Let's do some fucking data math on this. Cap is tiny in this movie. I mean, Iron Man gets gets a ton of screen time. Thor gets a ton. The Guardians get a fair a amount. Decent, yeah. Um, I, uh, I would
0: say that Captain America has, like, him and Black Panther and, like, Captain America's squad. Like, the Renegade Avengers. They all yeah. get all about the same screen time. And it's so weird, not because I'm like, he should get more screen time than Black Widow, but I'm like, it's just sort of weird that, like, these characters are just sort of relegated to just, like, fight scenes and a little bit of dialogue. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird, because there's a lot with Tony and, like, what he's going through and stuff, which I, they needed. But I just thought it was odd that when you get to Earth, they're just like, yeah, they're all okay with it. It's like, everything's just so quick. Like, when he sees Bucky, he's just like, hey, Bucky, and they hug,
1: and then it's just like, okay, that's it. It's like, what? Yeah there's big moments there that they should have cut something to put in. Yeah, I mean Bucky just kind of shows up and he has some moments, some amusing moments and some fight scenes, but but him and Cap, yeah, just they they don't have that, that that reconciliation that they should have had. And I don't know, like I know it's driving a lot of people. You know, you understand what Iron Man is doing and he has he has an emotional attachment because He's seen earlier with Pepper Potts, and then he sort of almost disappears in the middle of that of a you know, just a morning walk, and he's yeah. off into fucking the galaxy. There's a big deal there. Um, you know, you know, Star Lord loses uh Gamora, which is hugely impactful. Uh, Spider Man is seeing Iron Man as a father figure, and so his 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 side to side, shoulder to shoulder fighting with him is a big deal. There's like moments that are like emotionally tethering you to the scenes and the the behaviors of the characters that you're seeing. Some of them are a little looser. I I don't really quite know what Doctor Strange's motivations are other than maintaining galactic balance. But yeah, Cap shows up. And the last time we saw him is Civil War, right?
0: Yes, where he is like literally a war criminal. They imply that he and Scarlet Witch and Falcon and uh, Black Widow and the Vision, or not the Vision, but um, the, the rest of them have been operating as like a, like a Black Ops Avengers. Like, under the radar, they've still been being Avengers, though. And it's just so weird, because you're like, wow, that's weird. They don't address what they've been doing. They don't really explain anything. I It's just like, because I was like, oh, that's such kind of a waste, just so I can get a few more Banner jokes? Like, that's what I mean. That was like yeah, where I thought the right. Banner thing was too you're much. Right. I was like,
1: cut Cap, of this out. And Cap is one of their best emotional, like, vessels, because, you know, he... He's all about uh, like like respect for human life, respect for his his partners, respect for uh, 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 freedom. I guess like he's got all these sort of ideals that he's always ready to, to dish out.
0: Yeah, he so, is the the morals
1: of the Avengers. Like, so to he's learn like about their
0: moral compass, and so it's like to completely remove that from the story. Yeah. is it's just sort of weird. I need you know? to
1: know where his headspace is. I mean, he is a war criminal who has nothing but respect for his ideals in his country, and he's omitted from all of that. And so I absolutely wanted to know how he feels, but instead he's like, hey, I have a new shield, and oh, hi, Bucky. Uh, yeah, uh, it,
0: like it's... his reveal, though, is like one of the best parts of the movie, because uh, yeah. some, of, some of Thanos' goons show up to try to get the, the gem out of uh, Vision's head. And and, we, and the by end- the way, real quick here, we are in Edinburgh, where I just was. That's right, wow. and he got some sort of a bubonic plague.
1: Uh, I sure did. Mm-hmm.
0: But the they're trying to get away from him and they're getting beat up and the guard they're standing there and uh, a train's coming by and in like the background you can kind of see somebody standing there and the train finishes and there's just like this silhouette figure and then you know the bearded you know like sort of like you oh i'm a renegade now i glue facial hair like walks out and i was like oh this is great and then he has kind of a cool fight scene with scarlet witch and and falcon getting into it and uh black widow and everything and you're like this is really cool and then that's pretty much it. He's never really given much else to do.
1: That sequence should have had, you know, like a, a, f- a five minute uh, follow up, like post fight, where we, we get to, to know a little bit of, of like just 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 a, a hint of where Captain is at mentally. And we get a hint of what they've been up to and what they're what they know and what they're trying to do. I would like. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. I would definitely and, and- need a little more of that.
0: Yeah, and I was also surprised that, like, Tony has a moment with Thanos where the two of them have, like, a conversation. And you're like, oh, okay, because Tony's basically going back to, all the way back to, like, the first Avengers and Iron Man 3, where he had that vision where everybody's dead but him. And that's what all of these movies, the other Avengers movies, were kind of, like, leading up to in Civil War is, that's, like, the point of why Tony sides with the government is he's actually trying to prevent what he thinks will be their death by doing something they shouldn't. And that's like his whole thing is he's like, I have to fix what I caused because this is all my fault. If I hadn't shown up, none of this would have happened because I was like the first. And so you're like, that's interesting. He has a talk with Thanos. I was surprised they didn't have a scene where Captain America and Thanos talked because they would be such polar opposites. You know, like Thanos, whole thing is uh, he wants to kill half of the universe in a completely random manner he's just going to kill one half of the universe
1: he's not by the way as as our job is here as, as as um this is the toughest one to do probably but as our as our job of uh patrons of adaptation it's important to note that that is not the thanos from the comics goal
0: technically he does want to kill half the universe correct but his reasoning in the comics is much different his reasoning is that Death will be in love with him and allow him to die because he can't die because she refuses to see him. He's in love with her. She scorns him and he can't be he can't die then because she refuses to come get him. And she tells him at one point, "If you want my love and you want to die, you have to kill half the universe then I'll listen to you." And so that's what makes him go mad and he gets the infinity stones and tries to kill half the universe so that Death will fall in love with it, which is like a ridiculous plot.
1: Yeah, um yeah, I mean like I'm not necessarily going to comment on the on the quality of that plot uh, or that motivation, but it would have been a disaster to do that one-to-one into the movie. So yes. I'm happy that they came up with a new solution. And I have once- to
0: say, too, I was surprised at how good they play up Thanos. Like, he's completely
1: yes. insane.
0: And like you're like, wait, you have a gauntlet that alters reality. You could solve the very problem you're talking about without killing anyone. You could make more planets. You could make unlimited resources. You could create world peace, like, you know, universal peace. All the problems you're talking about, you could fix, but your solution is to murder half the people. But you get the idea as he's telling these stories that, like, he's literally just gone insane. Like, and that's, yes. know, he is truly the mad type. And that's what makes it so interesting, because you're like, in his mind, his action is not monstrous. He thinks what he's doing is, is going to save the universe. 100%. I'm realizing that it would be, at best, a temporary fix, because overpopulation but- would still happen again.
1: Which is the Magneto method of villain, which is where your villain's logic is displayed in full, and it's not... I mean, yeah, it's, it's crazy, because there's usually genocide involved, but it's not... It's not ungrounded. It's not wild. It's not like a Bond villain. I built a big laser that I'm going to point at the Earth and blow yeah. it up. Even though I'm on the Earth, it's it's got some logic to it. Even if it's, it's flawed, it's, they're, flawed they're not logic.
0: Evil just to be evil. Yes, they're evil in what they think, which they're is you know so the true definition. Me. Of, I think evil is you know like say what you will about Kim Jong Un. I think that he's just insane. Like I don't think he sure. realizes what he, how bad what he's doing to his country is. I think that's true of most dictators and and those kind of people is in their mind they're doing the right thing and i think they nailed thanos to the point where i was like wow i actually kind of sympathize with this dude in a way where he's like i had to watch all my people die because they wouldn't listen to me
1: yeah yeah, there's some great moments with that, and I think it's it's comparable to some of the worst villains that show up. Like, um, I, I forget his name now, but in the original Guardians of the Galaxy movie, that was probably one of the weaker villains that I can recall because yeah, Ronan.
0: He just wants revenge.
1: Ronan's just like, I am loud, I'm angry, and I'm a, I'm a strong guy, and I'm mad at this place, and I'm going to kill he's that place. He's literally mad
0: because they subjugated his planet, they beat them in a war, and he wants yeah. revenge. I have
1: so little attachment to that. I mean, I understand that I'm not supposed to be empathetic with the villain but i have so little interest in that but when i see it I, I think
0: too in that movie he's literally
1: just supposed to be blind like he's just supposed sure. to be an evil you know what i mean and i'm fine with that but i find it boring yes um, personally but but i found i found thanos way more interesting than that which was a big deal because from the trailers i didn't think i was going to i thought i was going to find him just to be like um here i'm big i'm menacing i kind of have josh Berlin's face and i have this gauntlet and i'm like uh all right but I found him way more intimidating in his like cold, his cold like a uh, 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 like, 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 like bad logic driven demeanor and his weird empathy for Gamora, while despite his interest in destroying half the world.
0: Yeah, and see, that's what I, I did like was they were able to make him three dimensional. It's not like, yes. he's like I'm going to kill half the universe because I crave power. He basically says once he does what he's going to do, that's it. He's not going to use the Infinity Gauntlet anymore. He says, you know, once I once I. Do what I need to do. I'm going to go and watch the sunset rise on a grateful universe. So it, it, he's basically saying is like, what I'm doing is right. And once it's done, I'm done. I'm not going to be a mad dictator or a ruler. I've done what I needed to do. I saved the universe. In like the most insane way a person could choose to be like, right. I'm going to genocide
1: half of all living beings. And in this way, we 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 we, we we're, we're sort of dead dead in the middle of this prolonged. I thought maybe like too long of a um, of a space sequence, we'll call it, because we we in we 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 encounter the Guardians of the Galaxy on their way to uh, to find the Reality Stone, which they end the,
0: they're up with. on. They're actually on their way to a distress signal. Right, they're the, on the
1: way to the distress signal, which leads them to meet Thor, which yes. leads them to go which... to. I will nowhere. say, that's
0: probably one of the best scenes in the entire And movie.
1: I'm not going to totally skip over it, but leads them to go to nowhere, and then split up also go to to, um, to Nidvalir, I think was the, yeah, the... I have no idea how you say that. <laughs> whatever, uh, the, the, the the weapon planet, and then that leads others to then go try and handle Gamora, or handle, handle Thanos, Gamora's kidnapped, Gamora's soul stone, so all that's happening in a row, and so I, I remember thinking, like, what's Earth doing? What's Iron yeah, Man doing yeah, like, I felt they, they where are cut we?
0: Back. Yeah. And the problem is, is that the scenes they decide to interlace with the Guardian stuff is Thor and Rocket in space in a scene which is very long, and I could have it did not need to be in the movie. Like again, like it's one of those moments where I was like, I get what they're trying to do, but it was like a good fifteen minutes of the movie that was like, okay, Thor gets a new weapon. I didn't need fifteen minutes to know how you could have said he got there. And the, the thing was still running. And we find out the guy made him the gauntlet. And then he said, I can't build anything anymore. And he's like, oh, we'll do it with you. And then that's it. And we don't see Thor until he shows up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there was no need for this whole...
1: You might be Thor right. Like, shut it's, down. A, it's one of those scenes where, independent of the context of the larger movie, I enjoyed it. I mean, we see... Um, We see, uh, God damn it, what is his name? Peter Uh, Dinklage. Yeah, we see Peter Dinklage playing this, uh, playing uh, uh, Atari or whatever his name is. Um, This, this, this gigantic space dwarf, uh, 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 which is uh, the joke
0: that in my theater got like when they show, like when he showed up and they're like, "Ha ha, see, it's a, it's a real life little person, but he's bigger than everybody because space or something." You
1: know, it's just like, that's a bizarre joke. I I don't know. I. My theater had some laughs to it, i got to be honest. My, wow. my, I heard someone like, uh, just sort of like guffaw when he came up on screen. So, yeah, I guess it's one of those things that's just not a universal one. I, I didn't really have one reaction one way or the other. But, yeah, like seeing – like I kind of like the way he played that character. he had like, the voice he put on. I, I liked watching Thor and fucking Rocket solve a problem. That was really hilarious to see because they're both really like – like like throw caution to the wind character, so it was it was amusing for them to just be like oh we'll just fucking rip this thing open with my hands and like shoot the star energy through it like it was very it was very on brand and i enjoyed the dialogue i mean there's like a lot to like but you're right like in the greater context of the movie was watching thor like help a guy turn on his uh, his his space oven super helpful Uh, to the plot at large and the answer is no it really wasn't (laughs) yeah like
0: you could have basically cut when he's like you got to turn we got to start back up the star and you could just had thor say don't worry i can do it and then just cut away and then don't have thor show up until the end when he shows up and it would be as good you know i mean like there's i didn't get a scene where he's like kind of hurt and he like all that was just like in there it felt like just to fill time but i'm like you don't need to fill time
1: i will say i did like the dialogue about from, with from rocket to Thor pre-arrival with the discussing his like, yes, loss. I thought that was good. That was important. But yeah, you're right. When they get there and you have Peter Dinklage and you have some of that early stuff, I think you can move on because we're, we're essentially watching is an errand in a very busy movie. Yeah. And it's like, it's
0: fine to do the, the, when they get there, that whole thing. Cause there's a great, you know, rocket when he's talking about like, you know, what happens if they fail and rockets like, you know, like I, I got a lot of stuff to lose, you know, like personally. Yeah. And he does. Um, but, um, that's fine. Even the opening where they explain that the dwarf made the gauntlet, and there's an extra gauntlet on this thing, which I'm sure will be Chekhov's gauntlet in the next movie. Um, that's all fine, but I don't need any of the restarting the star and where to get the hand. You know, it doesn't do anything for me to be like, oh, it's it's part of Groot is the handle. I don't care. I mean, sure, I mean, is, I it's, not, it's not enough. Like, that's a deleted scene. That'd be great to watch when you get the DVD and be like, that's cool. But I don't yeah. need the movie when there's. Like I said, it felt like a a time filler in a movie that was like, no, there's too much going on. You don't need time fillers. You actually need to remove all
1: of them. Especially in this extended space chunk, which kind of uh, is ended by two scenes uh, that have some, that that, that one that had, that I thought was fantastic, and one that had, I think, some challenge for me. So the first one is when um, the Guardians arrive uh, on Nowhere to try and catch up the Collector, and of course they're too late, um, and, uh, and Thanos is already there. And as far as they understand it, they might have a shot baby and going yes, after the, him the collector
0: keeps telling him that he sold the stone that's what he keeps telling thanos he says he doesn't know where the stone is he sold it
1: yeah but it leads us to two problems one is that um well actually at least this is one problem how the fuck do you as a writer do something with the reality gem that's an extremely hard thing to write in because all that that happens through the rest of the movie is some things become bubbles like they don't know what the fuck to do with a gem that bends reality yeah and
0: uh, it is sort of interesting that he doesn't really use it much as the film goes on he yeah. mostly uses he uses it like later to create a flashback which is like a weird use for it but yep. he does not really use it a lot and you know i i don't know i understand why because in the if you've ever read the original infinity gauntlet he uses the reality gem to kill all the superheroes in one issue he kills every member every marvel superhero yeah he turns captain america into a statue he turns wolverine into like a puddle or something he disintegrates thor it's like all this stuff and you're just like it's ended And he's just like all right i won you're like what the fuck and then the rest of the comic is about a character that was not even popular then and is certainly not popular now adam warlock finding out where he is and going to fight him and you're just like wow this is a weird story so I get why they were like, well, we can't have him just turn... And wave, I, it, it yeah, seemed, wave his hand. It also hand. seemed yeah. like um, his ability to alter reality existed as long as he was there. Because yeah, when he, he leaves, when he takes Gamora and he leaves, everything he did undoes itself.
1: Yeah. It, 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 like, it seems
0: odd that he would undo it. You know what I mean? Like, he'd be like, all right, you guys are back alive. Like, you think he would, he would just be like, I don't care, I killed him, whatever.
1: Right, because you, you get this moment where, yeah, he, he's got this power to bend reality, and he immediately turns two of the more powerful members of, uh, of the – or at least one of the more powerful members and the weird add-on from the last movie into just shapes. Yeah, just he turns
0: like, her into like a ribbon, and he basically turns Drax into a bunch of blocks.
1: And you're like, well, shit, there goes two characters. But yeah, again, it's temporary, which seems – not very powerful. Uh, it seems like something that like Doctor Strange could do just on a, like a any good given good day. So yeah, it, it seemed like a weak thing. And if this happens again with the Time Stone. It's like the fucking hell. It must give a scriptwriter to be like, okay. So at this point, the villain now has the ability to do anything that he can imagine and make it reality. Um, go ahead and write around that by adding, <laughs> find yeah, a way to still add conflict and not write 1,000 plot holes.
0: I will say this. This was something I was shocked at, is at the end of the movie, there is a scene where all Thanos needs is the gem that is in, um, Vision's, Visions head. head, whichever, yeah. I forget which one it is. The Soulstone, yeah. No, the no, Soul the one, yeah, he gets on the planet, the purple, oh, right, so right, I forget right. what yeah. this one is. Life, but he, all he needs is, is this, and, uh, they destroy it killing the vision in the process but they destroy it and uh scarlet witch has to do it because she that's where she got her power from so she's able to destroy it and she's crying because they're they're doing the comic story where the vision and scarlet witch fall in love and get married and whatever so she's like devastated and thanos walks up and i for a second was gonna be like holy shit they're not just gonna like be like he's gonna be like shit i lost because i was like what are they gonna do i was like please tell me they they're not going to just ignore the fact he has a gem that travels through you know lets him travel through time and instantly he's like oh don't cry and just reverses time and it's like oh shit like i was <laughs> like i did not see that i did not know i was like i really i was glad they just went through the route to be like yeah he, they fucked up like oh he has the gem that keeps it'll always let him win so sorry yeah which I yeah, thought that, was really interesting that they actually went that way.
1: And that was the correct moment to show the absolute, like, astounding, godlike um, uh, breath of power that he's given. Because I don't feel like you get the sense of that. Up until that point, he's just teleporting from point to point, just standing there, like. With, yeah. You know, and that was like a, st- another thing which is odd is there's a scene where they're, they're
0: trying to buy enough time for Scarlet, Witch, which this was one of my big problems with this this movie, is scarlet witch is like i can't kill the vision to save half of the galaxy it's like i get it you're in love with him but there's a pretty good chance he's gonna die if you don't kill him anyways so you might as well at least kill him knowing that he died for everyone else but she's like she can't make herself do it and it goes on for so long at the end it's like come on man nobody at this point would be like i can't like you you'd feel terrible but you would just do it plus he's also a robot yeah, because there was which another moment. Which is also, moment. like, I get these people-like.
1: There was another one of these, like, moments where you're, like, almost want to scream at the characters for being too empathetic um, to the point of, dis- of of utter destruction. That was one of them, which was, I admit, a, a little frustrating. But the one that um, I saw some people at the theater being mad about, but ultimately I found uh, interesting, which was uh, during what-, what I call the plucky Space Avengers fight sequence, which is where the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, the ones that aren't doing errands, um, <laughs> join up with Iron Man, Spider-Man, and Doctor Strange to try and stop Thanos. And they've actually got a pretty good plan, which leads to one of the most comic booky fight sequences I have seen uh, in, in a movie. Because there's so... I, I could picture, like, right now, like, a two-page splash of Spider-Man doing a flip over Thanos and netting him and, like, you know, Star-Lord flying in the air and, and uh, t- Tony putting a fucking you know, like remote bomb on his back. Like it's all like the most comic booky fight sequence. And it's a fight sequence which had fresh ideas and yeah, fu- it's, and it's fun cool. moments. It's, it's very th-
0: cool to watch all of them using their powers but like syncing them up. Like Doctor yeah. Strange is using his magic, Tony's using like his you know, his lasers and his bombs, and Spider-Man's flying around and using like his agility to keep Thanos and, from being able to do anything.
1: And the plan to use Mantis to drop on, on on top of Thanos' head and cloud his his mind so that they can physically overpower him is just straight good idea. Yeah, like, well it's a written. solid plan. Well-written, solid plan that I didn't see coming, which is also why I thought this and many of the flight sequences were very interesting. But there's an end here that I'm getting to, which is that um ultimately the fight fails because of a moment that we can complain about in a moment but I'm not talking about I'm not talking about Star-Lord's bad idea I'm talking about post that when it's all all is lost and um, Thanos is about to destroy um, uh, 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 Tony Stark to to encourage Dr. Strange to give up the the gem that he has uh, to do it you know and and it works and and Dr. Strange who is was a cold calculating man who specifically said that i would let you die if it meant protecting this gives it up uh i i, I recall a couple people in going oh like come on like and i and i can understand the the notion but the, the reason i found that so interesting is that they planted a scene a little bit before that in which yeah in which dr Do- yeah, strange is running the math on what it takes to beat thanos and while he doesn't say necessarily what that is the fact that he knows that makes his decision so much more impactful because it means that he may understand that the only way out is is involves Tony Stark in some big way. Yeah, because
0: he, he says that he does like four, 14,256,002 or something uh, outcomes of them fighting Thanos. And Tony Stark is like, all right, well, how many of them do we win? And he says one. And then at the very end, which we'll, we can, we're can we just going to talk real quick about this, the end of the movie ends in in – I'm going to just, we'll gloss over it actually right now. Sure, yeah. At the end, a series of characters die, one of which is Doctor Strange. And as he's dying, he looks at Tony and says, I'm sorry, Tony. It was the only way. The implication being is that the events had to, they had to fail and let Thanos win so they could eventually beat Thanos. Is What I got from that line is like, he watched it and he was like, this is it. This is the only outcome where we win is we all have to die. Yeah, and then so I was like, I was like, oh, that's really interesting that they're kind of setting up is, the next movie, you know, they're gonna win. Yeah, I mean, it's there's not a lot of mystery in comic book movies, so you're like, oh, they're definitely gonna come back at the end. But you're like, that's really interesting. Is like, he has to let this terrible thing happen because that's the only way they can actually win.
1: Yeah, which I thought was just a was an excellent way to handle that hard scene where you you have to let a hero relent to save you know an important character, but and it feels a, so. Go ahead. It just Yeah, I can feel in the moment so, like, painful when it's like, you can't give it up, my man. Like, you gotta... Also, you gotta yeah, and I think,
0: because yeah. when I saw it, uh, we were talking about that, and I, I heard a couple people when we were leaving there saying, like, I don't understand why he gave up the gem. And I was like, I guess some people probably just forgot that earlier scene, because it's like a yeah. good 10, 15 minutes beforehand. That's true. And so I think... But I thought it was a good idea in the fact for storytelling, it does... Because Thanos even points it out. He's like... I come on, I know the necklace on your neck is fake. You have the most powerful weapon that any of you wields and you never used it once during the fight. You never reverse time to fix it. And so he's like and, he's, and I was like I was like, "Oh, that's a really good way to explain why." Cuz like that's the entire Doctor Strange, the end of the movie is just him using the time stone. Like that's yeah. how he wins. It is obviously that you, being able to reverse time is a wicked powerful power, you know? So I thought that was interesting that they explained, because I was like, the scene when Star-Lord, Star-Lord does something really dumb, and it, this is so uncharacteristic, and this was like my, probably my biggest gripe with the movie. In my mind, I was like, why doesn't Doctor Strange just reverse time so that didn't happen? And then they answered, and I was like, oh, that, that addresses one part of my complaint. But what happens is, while Manus is on his head, he, he keeps saying, where's Gamora? Because he doesn't know Gamora is actually dead at this point. Right, And when he finds out, his reaction is... Now keep in mind, at this point, they're all holding Thanos and they're trying to pull his glove off. Why is somebody isn't just cutting his arm off? Like, why isn't Tony using a laser to cut his arm off? Because he himself is not impervious to harm. The gauntlet, as long as his hand is closed, makes him like a god. But when his hand's open, he's just regular Thanos, who can be hurt. He's hurt later in the movie, he's hurt in the beginning of the movie. So it's very confusing. But he gets mad and starts pistol-whipping him instead of just, like... All right, if you have a gun, and this guy's a monster, and you hate him, and you, they just said, "I," he just says, I killed your, the the person you're in love with, my first reaction would not be to pistol whip that person. It would be to start shooting them repeatedly in the chest, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, yeah. why did you pistol whip him instead of just start firing your gun into his chest repeatedly? And You know what I mean? Like, I, it was just so weird, because they just had to make them lose, and I was like, that's such a bummer of a way to make them lose, is they lose on such a dumb technicality, and It just seems so, like, counterintuitive to be like, I get he loses his temper, but I'm like, that's not what you would do when you lose your temper. Like, you wouldn't just pistol whip a guy you know it's not gonna hurt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just seemed like such a weird, and that just bummed me out, because I was like, ah. And I get, you know, they're setting that up with Doctor Strange, so it's all sort of forgivable to be like, well, I guess that's the outcome that needed to happen. Right. But I was just like, ah, that's a real shitty way to make Thanos win, is just like, this guy gets mad. And again, it's like, unable i get you know heat of the moment passion and stuff but it just seemed like like i don't think that's what a person would do if they were really mad and they're holding a gun you know if anything crime has taught us a lesson that's usually not what happens you don't <laughs> usually <laughs> pistol whip the person you shoot them a bunch
1: that's uh, fair um at, at this point we arrive at um what i will happily call the phantom menace sequence <laughs> which yes is... i did not
0: realize this till ben <laughs> just pointed it out when and, we get uh, to this
1: scene of a sprawling green hill landscape and the heroes sit inside a giant blue bubble while, while an assault of enemy, enemy troops from drop ships, uh, arrive, uh, actually tall angled drop ships arrive yes, and, and enemies open, and <laughs> they just
0: drop out of, I did not realize, but the more you like the, after you said, I started thinking about it, I'm like, Oh dude, this is legit. That scene.
1: This is, this is basically the Phantom Menace battle scene with the Gungans, uh, versus the, uh, the battle droids. Um, I couldn't shake that feeling. It's not the movie's fault. I just couldn't do it. And posted, I post didn't even think about it, so it's not a big deal, but that is definitely what was uh, running in my head. I just really, just really wanted one scene where they, like... I want someone to splice it in, maybe, where, like, they're, like they're, all the cuts they're making, all the characters fighting, they just need to cut to Jar Jar, like, knocking over a, a, a fucking, like, dump truck full of those weird, weird bouncing explosive, like, orbs. Maybe it was
0: done on purpose, you know? They were, like, you know, Gungans were considered kind of racist and they're like you know what we're gonna do it right this is what would have happened <laughs> we're doing a non-shitty version so of a fight fantastic. scene they don't win by a technicality
1: by sheer accident they win do you think because they were, they're better do you think they were really far into like the the like the cgi you know uh post post, post filming of that a uh, uh, work and someone's like hey y- Everyone else getting fucking gungan vibes and everyone's like oh no Uh,
0: yeah i really (laughs) hope like at the first screening somebody put why is this the end of of phantom menace and there was just
1: like a meeting at disney where they were just like what have we done what have we done um but uh we do get one of the obviously the very very biggest which ultimately leads up to the uh the climactic fight scene in this movie which is basically just just about everyone except for our space friends um having a massive uh a massive all-out brawl and there's a bunch of things that i liked about this movie which i'll run down in quick succession number one is that uh you also have another problem when you create a, a fight scene in which you have this um giant orb that is impenetrable like by design and uh and it's like why would you lose if you can't get through the orb why would you ever open it and then I watch as they slowly kind of overwhelm its capacity by just sheer numbers. Yeah, and then basically slave monsters. Yeah, and then they showcase that they're all starting to um, they're starting to flank them, which is easily done because they're all basically packed into one battlefield here on the edge of the city, which forces them to open it on purpose to let them all you know sort of come to a head at one point. All legit like straight legit yeah i thought that like, was like more really tactics cleverly done. yeah yeah and it
0: didn't diminish like because i was afraid what they were gonna do is they were gonna get there and like wakana was gonna be like our defenses will stop them and they were just gonna go right through and i was gonna be like oh that's really shitty but i liked that they were like no their defenses legit probably would have held up for the most part but they needed to stop them from being able to get behind because at this point they're trying to they're trying to disconnect the gem from vision so they can destroy the gem without killing vision
1: which seems to be to an interesting sequence because we see um, oh and I'm spacing her name. Shuri, uh, Shuri working uh, aggressively hard uh, on on, on D sort of decoding this this challenge. Uh, A this leads Banner to just like straight up like not be part of that when that would be like kind of his
0: yeah, that was something that I thing? thought was sort of weird. When it's like, I get that they they've tried to build up that she's like the most smart, like. But at this point, like, I was like, I don't like them making her just like, oh, she's just so smart, she she can solve every problem. Because I'm like, that that to me was kind of like a misstep at the end of the movie to be like, oh, we can fix it, which they don't. But I was like, don't give me the out, you know what I mean? Because then you force that weird climactic scene with Scarlet Witch and Vision at the end of like a very important. Um, like battle scene and it's really out of place because you're like all right there's no way Thanos wouldn't reach these people they're taking forever you know like they're trying to have like this emotional moment while all their friends are being killed around them basically you know for all they know and I was like ah, I would have been better had they gotten there and she's like I can't fix this this is like unknown alien technology I there's only so much I could do you know and her and Banner are trying or something and then you do the emotional scene with Scarlet Witch and Vision as they see that the defenses are being overwhelmed and they can't hold them off. And they're like, you're going to have to do it. Thanos is coming. And, yeah, that, well, you know, that could have been more interesting than... It's just because they end up failing. So I'm like, that was kind of pointless that it was even an option. Although, my friend pointed out that I went to see it with... Siri uh, takes all of the information she got from the gem and takes it with her when she leaves the room. When these, uh, the monsters show up to try to kill Vision. Oh, a, yeah, so a, she has, like, a copy of Vision. So, you know, and and the the gem that's in his head. So I don't know if that'll be part of the next movie as she fabricates yeah. an Infinity Stone or whatever. But I, I did think it was a misstep too to be like, well, if you're not going to put the Hulk in the movie and you're just going to put him in Tony's armor, he doesn't really need to... You could have gotten rid of... You know, I mean, if you took him out and had him been helping her, it would have been just
1: as interesting. You know what I mean? He didn't yeah. add
0: enough to be like, why isn't it the two of them working together? That would have been it's more a, interesting a, than just
1: it's a bit unnecessary you're right like like i didn't necessarily be like oh this is the greatest scene in the world watching him like fumble with some hulk armor it's, it's, it's yes. a fun as a fun irony to it maybe if like maybe like at the last minute he just like bursts out of a wall with that you know to defend shuri you know uh, or something yeah that like would have
0: been more interesting if she had been trying to fix it and he just like and those guards showed him they're gonna kill her and she's trying to fight him off and then all of a sudden he just appears in the hulk the hulkbuster armor that yeah. would have been like oh that's cool that's a neat moment that would be all i mean like running yeah. tripping
1: yeah like having like a like a fun like jar jar binks moment actually come yes. to think of it wait is bruce Banner the jar jar binks of the marvel universe i think he may be <laughs> it up. so i mean I, yeah go ahead. um uh misa bombat um but this leads us to i think the biggest scene that everyone is talking about. And thankfully I did not have spoiled for me for the love of God. Yeah, I, I was so afraid
0: the end of this <laughs> movie would be spoiled. And I like, it doesn't really bother me to know the end of a movie, but I like, I wanted the experience of seeing this movie and not knowing what was going to happen.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, uh, I just I don't want to bring up an actual complete list here. So uh, the, the death the, the the full death rundown, and I'll actually just include everyone. Yeah. Uh, what happens Rose-
0: is Thanos at the end reverses right, yeah. times, gets Vision Stone. Thor shows up. I I don't know where Thor was up until this point, which is also like a, a moment I kind of have where I'm just like, wait. Captain America keeps telling everybody to show up, even rockets there. How does Thor show up at the very end? But Thor shows up and drives his new axe all the way through Thanos' chest cavity. And Thanos is like dying, and he says you should have aimed for the head and he snaps his fingers and the gauntlet actually like explodes kind of it the metal of it like it's disintegrated and he disappears and you're just like what the fuck so i was like did he just reverse time super far back the and movie, rest-
1: movie restarts like yeah yeah man. it just it just goes back to him
0: being on <laughs> thor's ship and you're just like wow that was super and he breaks thor's neck and you're like okay um but what happens is he's gone and everybody's sort of walking around and then suddenly um i think bucky might be
1: the first one to go bucky is the first to go yeah he. his he also arm
0: his, his vibranium arm that they've given him starts falling apart and i was like what and he looks at cap and he says steve and he just turns to dust and then it starts happening and basically what happened is thanos succeeded he when he snapped his fingers he killed half of all living beings
1: and to run down the the uh, the terrible results is I, this and, and, and in order of ones that shocked me because you know this if this was a comic book we were reading right and the, if we were reading like this in a major like cross character issue you know of of Infinity War and I was sitting there reading it in the comic book shop I would think they'd be like all right. Let's run the numbers on our least favorite characters. Who can we lose?
0: Who's who we, expendable? Who does not have a movie coming out in two we, years? It's
1: like, we, we can drop maybe, maybe Bucky and, and there could be a different Winter Soldier. We can maybe drop fucking, I don't know. Uh, uh, uh. I I thought for sure my prediction was, I was
0: like, Cap will definitely die. Because I in my mind, I was like, yeah. that would be one of the most impactful deaths because of what he represents to the Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the Avengers is like this sort of, their morals to do the right thing no matter what the cost but even if
1: it means your life in order of surprising it's the ones that disintegrated included black panther or t'challa which is a huge that blew my mind when i saw him. i saw him come on screen and i'm like oh which one of his friends is going to die and then he started to fucking disintegrate. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, he, my- just had, <laughs> he just had the biggest movie of like all time.
0: I think I think it was during this or it was afterwards. My friend leaned over and he was just like, do you think they wrote this in? And then when that Black Panther came out, it was really good. They were like, shit, I wish we hadn't killed him at the end of the <laughs> video.
1: And then uh, Peter Parker uh, or Spider-Man uh, uh, dies, which also a big deal, both because I'm pretty sure I read about his movie coming out soon. So yes, I was he a has another confused. movie coming out in like
0: 2019 or something.
1: And additionally, because the scene itself is probably the most uh, memorable for a lot of people because you have him saying the iconic, now iconic line that's been memed pretty heavily, uh, which is, um, I don't feel so good. Yeah. But also because... But it's a very because, emotional scene because... Yeah. The Star- the fu-
0: Tony Stark's whole thing is he feels responsible for everything that happens. And here is a person he brought on and like by sort of his example made this kid want to be a hero and now he's he's gonna he's dying and he tries to like hold on to him and he dies and it's like you're like oh my god like that's that's a real bummer of a scene because you know he's basically like a 19 year 8 17 18 year old kid and you're like oh that one like you feel bad about everybody else but i guess like you're just like oh he's so young and you know innocent to have him be one of the ones who goes i was like i guess that's more important
1: than captain (laughs) Yeah and then we see uh Doctor Strange die which was uh startling because he seemed super important to he seemed the only person to like one of the few people that actually fucking got it like understood yeah, the breadth of it because he his, like I said
0: his final line makes you think that like he knows the outcome and it's like oh no the guy who knows what they need to do to win just died. Yeah
1: that's <laughs> rough. Um Bucky Barnes going down is pretty rough. Uh yeah like I said we said a few moments ago Sam Wilson or Falcon goes down um uh scarlet witch is is gone uh, her scene's kind of tough too because she's still sort of like looking at the dead like like shell of her former lover and she's also disintegrated it's like fucking double hit um the guardians go down pr- take a All of them
0: brutal except hit. for rocket
1: everyone but rocket goes out which is insane i mean yeah, I, I was
0: shocked when they killed star lord
1: I, I got like, what I heard there was. uh, Let me ask you because you probably saw it with a bigger theater than I. Actually, I had a full theater. Um, even though I saw it very late. Uh, the one that got the biggest gasp was not something, but when Groot goes up, I heard someone just go, "No!" (laughs) It was a big deal for people because Groot's pretty much like a like a fucking cartoon mascot. Like he's a, which is that is something. uh,
0: The guy I saw it with, he's my coworker, Victor he's like obsessed with reading stuff on the internet he told me that in a tweet james gunn released that what groot says when he dies he says i am groot and he looks at rocket is uh, he he's actually saying dad with like a yeah. question like what's happening because he views rocket uh... he views rocket <laughs> as his father now <laughs> since he's like a baby groot who grew up with him and he dies and that's why rocket's like so devastated when it happens and i was like oh geez that's a bummer."
1: Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, in the in the post credit sequence, we we lose Nick Fury and Maria Hill. Nick Fury going on to uh, call out for Captain Marvel for help. Yes, um, probably
0: one of the weakest post credit scenes of, yeah, of the Marvel most, universe. Most but people what, are just like, "What was like, interesting what, was." What does that mean? Yeah, they're like, "Oh, sweet, you've got another movie coming out." Thanks. Uh, what was sort of interesting that I didn't think about when, when I was leaving, I was talking to to this guy Victor. I was like, you know, I was like, I can't believe the people they killed, and he said, "Well, did you notice?" it's all it's none of the original characters died he said none of the original avengers died and i was like oh shit he's right black widow didn't die captain Mm -hmm. america didn't die tony stark didn't die thor didn't die and it's like oh yeah you're right like all of the people whose contracts are up didn't die and so i was like oh i wonder if that's how they're gonna bring everybody back is that like they're all those people who lived are gonna be like we'll sacrifice ourselves so right. You, and then they'll bring back, but they won't bring back everybody, you know, because like, you know, they they need somebody kind of important to die. So if like, you know, Sam Wilson doesn't come back or Bucky doesn't come back, he, you know, that would be something. But like, I could see Stark being like, I'm going to sacrifice myself so that Spider Man comes back. So and I was like, that could be really interesting to see.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty cool theory. Or at least we lose some of some of them, at least. Yeah, the living the living ones do something. Uh, really, really se- like uh, uh, selfless and just to, to to bring back those that we lost. Because um, uh, yeah, like just just speaking, it's interesting because you look at the deaths of these characters t- two ways. You watch it internally in the movie, and it's there's a lot of like really heartfelt moments. They feel very real. In the back of your mind, you're like, I, 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 Tom Holland's like a big property right now. Like he's not going anywhere. Like and like there's this weird part of party that's like not in the movie. That's that's almost commentating on the fact uh, of how these feel hollow, and I've heard people make the argument that these deaths feel uh, cheap. That that because we know a lot of these characters can't be gone for good, but I think that's bullshit because we're always constantly like badgering comic books and comic book movies for not having stakes, and then when they do, we like I don't believe that they have stakes. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of like there's a no win scenario here. I I
0: definitely think that if not like. Captain America and maybe Iron Man, mostly because I I just don't know if they want to keep making these movies, even if it's just the Avengers movies. Right. I think you'll definitely some of the big characters may not come back. Yeah, I think you I know think right. some of this. So like I I could see them being like uh, Drax doesn't come back or Groot doesn't come back or some people are saying that a lot of people think is that everybody who died before Thanos. Will be unsavable. There'll be no way to bring back uh, Loki, Heimdall, or Gamora. They're just dead, and that's just gonna have to be the way. And I was like, "Ooh, that's interesting," because they're like, "You'd only be able to really reverse what Thanos did, not what he did all the way back. You'd never could be able to go all the way back." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of interesting." So I could see, and like, I honestly could see them leaving uh, Doctor Strange dead.
1: Yeah, you know, I just it don't could think be. there's a.
0: I don't think there's a lot of call like a, like a lot for them to be like we need another dr strange movie or we need him in the next avengers because like i feel like because of his power it would be like we got to write him out because if he exists he could just solve every problem by constantly going back in time until he figures out how to fix it yeah and I, really you know is. so I, I was like i could see them being like he's got to stay dead just so we don't have to deal with that when we make avengers 5 new avengers or whatever right so i do expect some people will stay dead
1: it's very possible so with us uh, probably pushing well, the... Uh, wait, I did want ahead. to do something before we go, though. I, well, I wanted, about, to, I wanted to run down a few things that I skipped over in the large Well, this thing. is
0: before we get to that. Yeah. Before we do our, our lightning round, as we like to do occasionally. Uh, the, we were just talking about people who did not make it through Thanos' finger snap. I'm sending you a link right now to a oh, website called didthanoskillme.me. Or it's okay. didthanoskill.me. You click it, it takes you to a website, and it just tells you, Thano's killed you, Thano's spared you." So
1: Ben, all right, I'm ready to click it. Let's, let's, let's determine the fate of this podcast, because it's going to be really weird if one of us has to do it by ourselves. Yeah. Uh, you ready?: Yes. All right. Go. I was spared.
0: Oh, I was spared. Okay. Oh damn
1: it. Well, welcome to another episode of "Not Another Origin Story. We're I doing this for the rest be doing of our this life. one from the, uh, the Soul World my god pokes pokes a a horrible thought just occurred to me though what our listenership's gonna cut in half
0: oh no it's so small already (laughs) Thanos please spare the 50 people who listen please Thanos
1: will never hit the Apple iTunes charts you piece of shit unless you killed ooh unless you killed a lot of better podcasters than us oh (laughs) yeah like we go on like
0: everybody from this American life is gone and uh
1: um so the Uh. the (laughs) i'm sorry that got me there has been some moments that have come to me uh uh uh, as we've been going over there was too small to mention because of larger things happening but totally worth mentioning one um let me just ask you this uh your thoughts on the winter soldier picking up rocket and doing a spin gun maneuver
0: i yeah i will say that i found the wakanda (laughs) battle scene very underwhelming because it's just a lot of quick cuts and it's just like they're like we need to show each person beating up something and i'm like okay meh I thought it could have been... I don't know. Yeah. I, I was expecting more, which
1: I guess is silly. There's a lot but- of I, I, like, very siloed fight sequences that don't argue. Yes. Or, 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 but- the, the exception being my favorite sequence from that entire thing, which is Scarlet Witch. I'm trying to remember everyone in there. Um. Okoy, um oh, Black shit. Widow. And, yeah, yeah. So, no. Yes, Black Widow. And there's like, me one other. Anyway, they're all battling in that ditch. Like as tanks yeah. are flying over them and they're fighting. I don't know what the name of any of these aliens. Whatever are. the whatever the weird uh, horned lady is. That was an excellent fight because there was lots of give and take. There was lots of very cool moves, and the ultimate of just throwing her into a tank tread was just fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and I, I appreciated that they gave uh, that there
0: was scenes of like the women standing on their own, sort of. In you fact- know what I mean.
1: I was a big fan of when Scarlet Witch just, like, wipes out a huge swath of them, and one of them's just like, why was she inside? <laughs> yeah, yeah, when she shows up she just, like, blows up a whole group of them. Why was yeah, she out I-, here? I would say that
0: Koyo. I don't, I don't know how you say her name, and so I'm probably butchering it, so I'm going to apologize, but uh, Black Panther's bodyguard, she has some, like, she has very little to say in this movie, but they captured, like, her sarcasm so well. Like, she says, why was she inside, when the Captain America then first show up, she's like, you know, when you said you wanted to open Wakanda, the outside world, this isn't what I thought. And he said, well, what do you think? She was like, I don't know, the Olympics, maybe a Starbucks? Yeah. I was like, I was like, I was like these are some good jokes, you know? Yeah. Like, she's such a great character that I was like, I'm glad she was in it. Because I was afraid all the supporting cast from Black Panther wouldn't really be in it. But they bring back, uh, I can't remember the guy's name.
1: Mbaku. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, he's back, which is cool. And they they addressed it like most of the planes people are dead and everything. So that was cool the rocket scene though is pretty great when uh he just picks up rocket and they're spinning in a circle shooting and then rocket's like how much for the gun he's like it's not for sale and he's like what about the arm and he's like no
1: he's, and then rocket's like i'm gonna get that arm you know he you know that arm caught his eye uh speaking of good jokes one of my favorites that that stuck with me leaving the theater which was definitely uh, uh are you from earth i'm from missouri that's not earth you dipshit <laughs> yes that favorite. is a great moment <laughs>
0: there's another like, great joke that follows that which is when he's like they talk about footloose which is yeah uh, that's something that he mentions in guardians how much he likes the movie footloose which like, has become like a still- legend to the other characters yeah. like yeah and he's like is that still the greatest movie on earth and spider-man's like it never was <laughs> but he's like so genuinely confused when he says it like holland plays it yeah. perfectly i, I really mm-hmm. liked it
1: yeah there's the, 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 a number of quality scenes and there's a lot i'm forgetting frankly i really want to rewatch it um uh, uh, there's so many things I remember like vaguely laughing at and just enjoying or grinning at during yeah. the movie and then didn't they didn't stick with me lo- like, because of so much happening to recall during follow up. This is one of the weird episodes by the way listeners because normally Pogues and I take uh, between short to very long notes and yes. uh, these, these live watches are tough because we've attempted to maybe bring like a small notebook in but I you didn't know, that, even do it because I didn't, I didn't. do it. <laughs> Not to mention the fact that I could scarcely probably have the time to take notes while just trying to keep up with this. Yeah, I don't think I would have even written anything down.
0: Uh, Another, uh, something from my notes, what did you think about Red Skull's cameo?
1: I was totally trying to remember there was something that was bothering me. Yeah, Red Skull's in there. It's not played by, what's his name? Uh, No,
0: which was surprising. That guy does a great imitation of Hugo Weaving.
1: Yeah, that guy's actually- Doing a not great German accent. (laughs) Do you know who that is? That's a professional impersonator.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I, I did not know that. Uh, again, the guy at work was telling me, and we looked it up, and I was like, "Oh, he's apparently like on Walking Dead, I think, or something." Yeah,
1: Ross McQuand, McQuand or something like that. Um, he yeah. he he actually does some quality impressions. He's quite good. He's known for his 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 like second impressions, where he does like an impression in like two seconds, sometimes without dialogue, which is pretty oh hilarious. yeah, yeah, I, that guy's on on Douglas movies all the time. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, quite yeah. He, he's quite good. I mean, I'm I'm quite happy. I would never have called him out in the movie. No, I thought it was. Weeping, yeah because it sounds I just it like it. There was
0: also something that I this is something that uh Victor pointed out to me when we were leaving. I did not get this. But when uh Red Skull's talking about how a lifetime ago he was stuck here because he was deemed unworthy to hold this the uh gemstone that was in the Tesseract and instead of being disintegrated he was like turned into like some weird Wraith. Yeah. But he mentions that he has to guard a treasure that he can never have. And I thought it was because he was a ghost. And uh, Victor was like, no, it's because the only way to get it is to sacrifice something you love, and the Red Skull doesn't love anything. He only yeah. loves himself. And I was like, oh, damn, man. that's some, I'm like, if that's what they meant, that's brilliant. If not, you should have written this movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I did not get that. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, "That's if that's what they meant to do, that's a brilliant line. Um, uh,
1: the other line that, that uh, certainly also was popular enough to be, I've seen memed a couple times, which was, um, what have you done with Gamora? I have a better question. Who is Gamora? Better question. Why is Gamora? Uh, yes. That was popular. That one, that one, I, I enjoyed that uh, quite profusely. Yeah. Um,
0: all of like Tony's interactions with Star-Lord are
1: pretty great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because
0: they're, they're in a lot of ways, they're the exact same character, except for one's real dumb. Like <laughs> yeah, one's boy. not like, not like dumb, but like, he's like streetwise, but not like smart, smart and like Stark's streetwise
1: and book smart.
0: So it's like kind of funny because they're both really cocky people who think they're great
1: yeah um but those are the lightning round moments that stuck out to me the only other Uh, one
0: i had was i did find it very confusing well there's two things both of them involve captain america one i thought it was really odd they made him be the person who's like no we can't just kill the vision because and then they even pointed out in the movie that it's like that's literally the plot of the first captain america movie he kills himself to save everyone else so it's like it was re- and like to have a person who's like a trained soldier be like no we don't sacrifice people it's like no that's literally what soldiers do like that's what a soldier is is a person who sacrifices themselves so everybody else is safe so i thought yeah. that was like a weird moment because they don't really justify it enough for it to work and i was like oh i don't know if i they, they should have done that a little better but the one that really got me is they they go back to the avengers headquarters and they leave and they go to wakanda why didn't somebody give him back his shield it has to be there that's true yeah that that just confused me because i'm like i'm like why didn't they give him the shield and then oh there was one other thing why the weird moment where he's holding back thanos is like the gauntlet like thanos is like reaching down to like kind of like i guess crush him or whatever and captain america grabs his arm and starts like forcing it back and thanos has a moment where he's like he has like a confused look on his face like, wait, how's this dude doing this? And he just punches him. And I was like, that's a weird moment. Because I'm like, I, I wonder if there's something that they cut out where it's like supposed to be a big deal that Captain America can grab the gauntlet and like physically move it. And, yeah, like, because you know, sort of like a Thor hammer worthy thing.
1: Because, because the Thor, because I'm oh, sorry, Thor, but the Thanos, just like straight Thanos strength is the, the bar is set when he fucking beats the Hulk. Like, yeah. you know where he's at, like, threshold-wise, so for, for, for yeah, for Cap to do something, yeah, it, it almost, you're right, it does feel like it almost like he knows something, or there's some sort of, like, it, cosmic it, force, but that's yeah. never... and there's, like, a...
0: They, they take the time to show, like, there's, like, a kind of a look of, like, because Captain America's, like, screaming, he's trying to hold it back with, like, all his strength, and Thanos has a look like, huh, this isn't supposed to happen. Like, he looks like he's, like, surprised it could happen, and then he just, you know, punches Captain America with his other arm, and he goes flying, but I was like that's weird you put that in and then it doesn't come up yeah i mean like you never address what happened which maybe that'll be in the next movie so i'm not going to judge it too hard but those are just a few odd moments where i was like that's weird
1: yeah especially if cap is sort of the lead on 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 undoing what thanos has done it's going to be it's going to be something going on there hopefully uh hopefully we just realized it wasn't just he was turbo angry um i need i need something a little more concise than that uh, but yeah, I think that was um, I think that uh, f- finally exhausts all the thoughts are there in our heads from having yeah, seen I, one I of just, the most complicated and dense and surprisingly good Marvel films in a while.
0: Yeah, I will say I'll, I'll give nothing but credit for the writers for not only bringing all the characters together in in pretty seamless manner, but I thought they all did a great job of nailing the individual tones of all the different characters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I thought they were originally going to have all the people who wrote the individual movies write individual scenes, and they did not. A couple of them like did punch up or Consultant, but they had like a regular writing team. So I was really impressed that they, you know, the stuff with uh, the guardians. I know James Dunn did like a little bit of a punch up, but it feels so much like them that I was like, oh, that's really cool. They've kind of captured the the style or, or the voice of everybody. So I cannot recommend seeing the movie enough. I would recommend seeing it in the theater. I usually say it doesn't matter, but, um, I think this is an experience. It's fun to see in a theater. It's action packed. Don't waste your money on 3d. That's how I saw it. And there's not even, there's nothing in it worth seeing <laughs> 3d, which there usually isn't, but this was like, they didn't even bother to put in like one thing that you'd be like, Ooh. So yeah, see,
1: see it in a theater with a big sound. It makes a big difference. And plus just like being with the audience reacting to things, is always something I've really enjoyed. Uh, just yeah. hearing, just just feeling the mood shift as things get dramatic, or hearing just what jokes land, it's a very it's a very interesting like yeah. Um, a lady and barometer. her son,
0: because I saw this movie at nine thirty in the morning, so it was a lot of families, <laughs> yeah. and it was a, an older woman with like her ten year old son. And uh, when they started dying, her reaction was like when I took my mom to see last or Force Awakens and they killed Han Solo, she was like, <gasps> <laughs> like when they started dying, I was like, oh my god, somebody help this lady. She's gonna pass out. There's gonna like, be more
1: of them, <laughs> ma'am. They're not. But. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. And then like it kept going, and she kept being like, "No, no." no, no, no. <laughs> and I looked over, and her son had like no reaction. <laughs> like he was just. Like, but I think oh, that's killing everybody.
1: I think that's the point that I was I was circling earlier. Is that yes, you know, in a larger sense, in a meta sense, we all understand that none of these can be permanent, but. That's comic books, right? We understand that when they kill Spider-Man that they're not just going to now burn all the Spider-Man comics to the end of time. Yes. They they might hand the mantle over, maybe, but what you're dealing with isn't like it's 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 moment by moment that's where the joy in comic book and then in tangent uh, the, the comic book movies is is the joy is the moment by moment that being like caught up in the, in the in the in the in the present moment and understanding its gravity even if it doesn't have a like as big of a lasting impact as it might it's sort in of like medium. a medium a james bond
0: you, nobody's ever watched a james bond movie and been like oh my god i think he's gonna die right you know he's not gonna die and you know he's gonna win But as long as the story is well written, that's what matters. And it's like, yeah, I think that people are going to die in the next movie and they're going to bring people back. But I'm interested to see how they do it. Even if I'm like, yeah, I know those people aren't really probably gone. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. It was still shocking to see in a movie because you're talking about like you got to give Marvel and Disney credit. Like they took all of their big names and they're like, they're dead. Like even if you're just like, well, they're not going to stay dead. You're like, that's a ballsy move. Because the movie literally ends with them being like, ooh, we lost. Like, that's it. Captain America, like, the last line of any of the Avengers is Captain America saying, like, my god. And he, like, kind of falls on the ground. Because he realizes what happened. And then you find Thanos goes up and he sits and he watches the sunrise like he said he would. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, it's, like, darker than Empire's ending, you know? Where you just like, they straight up lost. Like, the movie ends with the titular characters failing. They, they did not succeed in what they said. So it's very... I give them credit for even doing it. Because especially, you know, I mean, American films are known for never wanting to end with an unhappy note. You know, that's like something about American film. So I give them credit for doing it. Even if you know that it's going to be fixed by the next movie, it's still shocking they would let it end that way.
1: Yeah. Well, um, uh, I think that's... About all we could say about this movie and uh, not lose listeners, so I think now might be the time.
0: Yeah, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you have any comments, I'll try to remember to throw this up on Facebook. I'd also, rec- I would like to see our listeners. If you go to uh, Thanos, did Thanos kill me? Uh, let us know if you were spared or killed on our Facebook page. I'd be interested to know. See what our li- see what our readership, or our listenership is going to be like. So uh, until next week, we'll
1: see you later. Oh, I don't um, I not feel so good. Uh, oh, sorry, that's because I was just sick. Like I was actually, I'm fine. I'm still here. Um, I keep talking to make sure that you know that the podcast is. I Thanos hasn't. I Miss Bucky.